0: Hi there, welcome to the mini bank-size wag. I need a new name for this thing.
1: <laughs> I called it the d wag You called it the Wee-Wag?
0: The Wee-Wag. The Wiener wag Oh, hold up. <laughs> and my first guest is, now with me is uh, Tim Odin, as in the, uh, we were just saying, as in the God of uh, of, of all power and all fire. Um, perhaps we should start with a little bit of an intro. Tell us a little bit about who you are, how you find yourself to be a at VMworld, what's your relationship with VMware, that kind of thing?
1: Sure, I've kind of gone through a a progression of uh, starting as a customer. I I discovered a GSX server by accident way back in the day, fell in love, decided it was the way of the future. Looks like I was right. Um, And have uh, recently taken some positions working with partners as uh, integrators, um, dealing with both uh, VMware and some storage.
0: you on right now?
1: <laughs> okay, where were we?
0: We're, we're right near where the uh, V brown bags and the tech talks are going and uh chap came on you, just to let you know you're on in a bit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you were on about working with integrators and stumbling upon GSX and seeing it as the thing of the future and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, well essentially, uh, that's it. I'm now working as a consultant and uh, apparently I made the right decision because virtualization is just dominating the industry now.
0: So, is there a particular area of virtualization that you focus on?
1: I, yeah, I, my, I seem to have a passion for the thing that everyone hates to spend money on. Uh, and business continuity okay. it is is definitely definitely uh, a strong interest, and been looking at not only just just recovery from a VMware point of view, but trying to branch out more into replication technologies. Uh, storage and uh, networking as well. Uh, it's still; I need to do a lot of work on that networking part. Um,
0: so let me but ask it, you: the vSphere five point one release now includes vSphere replication baked into the platform. Do you think that's going to be significant to, to VMware customers, or is it just a blip in terms Ooh. of?
1: Now this is embarrassing. This, this is the first I've heard of that. Uh-huh. I, I have seen absolutely nothing about 5.1. I haven't even looked at it. So is that going to be significant? That actually sounds really huge. I could see some pretty pretty awesome stuff coming along with that.
0: Well, just to make it clear, you're going to get vSphere uh, replication embedded in the vSphere platform. That doesn't mean you're going to get all the funky features of SRM though. Oh, of course. right. So you're going to right. get uh, quite a simple failover and mm-hmm. failback. Well, I'll tell you one particular feature that really grabbed my eye was you can do the replication now within the realms of a single virtual center. So you can replicate from one cluster to another cluster in the okay. same data center, or even from one data center to another data center, as long as it's managed by the same Sync.
1: Right, okay.
0: So what do you make of that then?
1: Ooh, I, I, why do I just smell new hotness coming <laughs> down to the SMB <laughs> level? I, this I, so that that's awesome. Um, I, what are the licensing restrictions on it? Is this something available only to Enterprise Plus?
0: No, this is uh, it's going to be baked in, and I think it'll be in nearly every release. So don't quote me too much on the <laughs> on the SMB releases. It might be in Essentials or Essentials Plus only anything. It's definitely, I think, uh, an attraction to the SMB. But what really uh, grabbed my eye about it was, you know, SRM requires two virtual centers, mm-hmm. and two different sites, yes, and that's often been. That's often being flagged up as a bit of a question mark, why? And I've answered that by saying, well, your virtual center is the main part of the orchestration piece. SRM speaks to VC to say, power on this VM, create a virtual switch, this, that and the other. Um, No VC, where's the orchestration come from? For me, it's kind of a bit tantalizing because let's say you have two VCs of which one is a mirror. We could do that currently with the VC heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Uh, If my uh, VC, which is primary, and VC, which is standby, is kept through uh, DRS groups on different ESX sources and different Mm -hmm. sites, then it kind of takes away the requirement for the virtual center. Now, don't get me wrong, right now, I think SRM will still need the two VCs. Um, but it sort of tantalizingly sort of suggests maybe a single VC covering many sites might be the route forward. Yeah, for
1: yeah, potentially. As long as you can maintain the availability of the virtual center server yeah, across exactly. across your sites. Still need the portability to that to perform any sort of recovery or fail back. So
0: let me ask you, have you done many SRM deployments?
1: I, I've, done, I've done a few, uh, maybe maybe 15 or so. Uh, actually, in the middle of one right now, I get to go help a customer do a real failover tomorrow.
0: Wow, tomorrow? What about VMWorld?
1: Well, unfortunately, they're you not have to into go to my VMWorld. But SRM's awesome. It'll take a couple hours.
0: So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in SRM. You know, and I wouldn't rank three books on the thing if I didn't think it was any good. <laughs> what's been the major challenge with the SRM deployments that you've, you know, what's your top three kind of snafus that that seems to always come up?
1: So this this is going to this is going to come out good. My my the, the snafus are everything but SRM as far as what I'm seeing. It's the SRAs. Really? Yeah, yeah. The the SRAs they they maybe they're they're largely great but they all there seem to be a lot of quirks. A lot of little funky things going on with the various storage vendors. Um we'll oh, named zero names. Yeah, yeah, we, we won't even start we don't that. Say
0: something wrong. Um, I think what's interesting good. about the SRAs as you just said is the SRA has, like, this definition of 25 or 26 things, but no storage vendor implements those 25 or 26 um, th- things in the same way anyway. Exactly, yes. So I, I've seen quirks, and some of them are actually good quirks. For example, with the EMC MirrorView SRA, you do a failover, mm-hmm. yeah, because the failover stops the replication between the two sites. But if it's correctly configured in MirrorView, what you'll find is the, after the failover, the redirection of the replication will have already happened. It knows to switch that over even before you touch SRM. But SRM still says the link is broken. (laughs) But the the way uh, some mirror view configurations are configured is that when you do a failover, it automatically sets up the replication pipe to go in the opposite direction.
1: Oh, I haven't caught that one yet. Okay.
0: So it's like, hang on, a remember saying this, but the uh, uh, SRM is <laughs> saying something else. But that's specific to EMC. I think another one very early in SRM5 was, um, you know, you have to fail over, but where is the schedule for the frequency of the replication actually held? Now, a lot of storage vendors hold the frequency for the replication at the destination, kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Yep. But not all of them do. So, for example, Dell Equalogix had their schedule is actually held at the source, which doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, yeah, you get the failover, but when you do the fail back and reprotect in the opposite direction, it does that once one time replication. Right, right, right. But there's no schedule. There's
1: nothing source. to actually keep the replication going. So, they going. had
0: to, and it has been actually fixed in fairness to Dell Equalogix. So, they now uh, uh, duplicate that schedule at the destination and attach it once you do the failover and fail back. But in <laughs> the early versions it was saying, Oh, we've replicated back. <laughs> How come is the replication cycle not carry on? <laughs> which I think is a very interesting thing about the SRM project generally. It, no, it's not VMware who writes the S array, it's the storage part. Yep. And as a software vendor you define what you think an S does, but the outcomes are then mm-hmm. filtered through the way that storage vendor actually works so but is that the kind of thing you're thinking of
1: well yes yes exactly and some of the inconsistencies within the sra is a couple of little bugs here and there um which is nothing surprising but yes they, they're there they're just the, the differences in behavior from the different storage vendors
0: so the other question is is that srm version 5 one of the big big features was the introduction of uh, piece replication mm-hmm. have you had any chance I to use that in anger yet
1: have not
0: because there's a single way of replicating a VMware anywhere, regardless of these differences between one storage it, vendor and another.
1: Well, that's the entire thing's just been removed from the picture. Um, so, no, I haven't, but I've really been wanting to play with that. It, uh, it looks as though it could be pretty nice. No, they're you limited th- in scale.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, is that something you, when you talk to customers about, you flag up to them, or do you let them lead on how they want to do it?
1: Thus far, we've been dealing with uh, with clients that are probably large enough to, uh, to uh, such that the, v- the vSphere replicator just wouldn't be a good fit.
0: Is it because of the scalability? Yeah. Of it? I think, I forget now, how many VMs can you protect with vSphere replication? Is it about 100 uh, or something like
1: that? I, I forget. It it was about that. That kind of number. Yes. And I guess if you've
0: got thousands of thousands of VMs, it's a bit like yeah. the old VDR.
1: Yeah. It was lots <laughs> of appliances to, <laughs> yes. to do that. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, what
0: I like about the vSphere replication is, you know, it's independent of the hardware vendor. If you've got a quick proof of concept to put together. Yes, yes. You can do that all within a rack. You don't have to speak to the storage guys to do, or do with mm-hmm. that. People who are in the community who've got some kit at home. They want to do a bit of replication and, and learn about DR. Because when I started, it, it was quite difficult. If I hadn't been introduced by the product manager of SRM 1.0... To the guys at Left Hand mm-hmm. Networks and got hold of the the VSA. I could see straight away when I well when I was an independent, I would look at the, look at a new technology this way. I think, do I have a, a massive skills gap that makes it almost impossible to touch this particular technology, or are there massive hardware requirements that would exclude me? I looked yes. at SRM and thought, well, this all touches Virtual Center and ESX. I know these things. Right. The big challenge was. Well I have one array, it's a Sun Storage with just j pod disks, no RAID, Doubles, no replication. So how do I get out of the box with this thing? So I'm you know, that with I think that was very forward looking of people like Left Hand Network. And now three or four years on we're talking about software defined networking and software defined storage, which is appliances. <laughs> so I think it's kind of funny that I stumbled upon something because I lacked a resource. Now we're talking about that. Well, maybe this is the way things will be. You know.
1: Well, so yeah, you start off uh, using something as a stopgap to fill fill in where the arrays didn't exist, uh, and and now it is actually being used as production.
0: So here's my last question for you: the the whole software-defined data center thing is, you know, you know, we're talking about that very loudly. Uh, you know, that's the message here, but it's been something that's been ramping up the last couple of months. What does the software-defined data center mean to you? Is it just a marketing term? Do you understand why it's being coined? It, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm
1: going we'll, to stop you right there. Yeah? Because you just hit on it. I don't yet fully understand exactly what is really trying to be conveyed with, with, with the message. It, yeah? it feels like a lot of hype, a lot of talk. Uh, I'm not, I'm not seeing it yet, or I'm not understanding it yet. We'll see which one of those well, two I, it is. I guess
0: in my new role as the senior cloud infrastructure evangelist, <laughs> I would be remiss in my duty if I didn't try and give them my my elevator pitch for this. But I oh, think, gee. in a way, I think the software-defined de- uh, uh, data center is something that is a bit more tangible than cloud, as an example. So I mean, here's it, here's how I see it in a nutshell, and I must admit I'm still going through the learning curve on this, which is. We've, we've successfully virtualized servers to compute, um, and that was very successful because the people who bought into VMware happened to own the physical server. That was their domain. Mm-hmm. They could put ESX on there and put their VMs onto that and they could p 2 v existing servers. But the other stuff that we have, the networking and the storage layer, that's still very much rooted in the physical world and despite the things like uh, the left-hand networks VSA, which is now owned by HP incidentally, and despite the virtual switch, these things are actually still very much rooted in the physical world, and they're actually outside the domain of the server admin, although Mm -hmm. we have to interface and deal with them. And it it strikes me that, you know, each year and year we have more VMs, but year and year it gets harder and harder to get that last set of VMs up and running because it's politically sensitive or we rub up against certain requirements in the physical world that's stopping us from doing it so i the reason i think that vmware has kind of coined the term is if we're going to get cloud the things that are very much based in the physical world have got to become more software based to be more flexible i'm kind of almost thinking you know take your physical data center and make it into a virtual data center that means the kind of where the physical is, it's got to be pushed up and bubbled up into that area. Yes. So um, yeah, yeah. That's that's how I see it. But in the way I see, I see real technology there. I see like the potential for a virtual switch to be actually something that you can SSH into and manage as if it was physical switch. And we're already doing that with we're storage two. arrays. You, you can SSH or open up a, a web browser onto any number of VSAs now mm-hmm. and manage them. And they look exactly the same, so although the teams, you may still have a storage admin and a network admin, they may not be uh, managing a physical device, um, but they're managing a virtual device instead. Does that...
1: No, it, it, it makes perfect sense. Though, so, educate me and everyone else who's watching here, because this is a great lesson. Um, why the software-defined network is... Is new and exciting today. When Cisco has been virtualizing the switch, the the, the
0: uh, a switch on the ESX servers for two years. The Cisco Nexus 1000v. Correct. Now the the way I see that as being different, and I'm no Cisco expert, is what the Cisco Nexus 1000v does is it it presents a management plan. It, it's a a management uh, front end. There's mm-hmm. not a switch inside Cisco Nexus 1000v. There's the nexus physical there's the distributed virtual Mm -hmm. switch but it's a a management plane i think what we're looking at is you know at the moment we create a physical switch we vlan it up and then we make the virtual switch aware of those vlans yep so the virtual switch is actually very physical if you think of it that way um and if i want to spin up new networks like that in a virtual environment it either means having massive pools of VLANs set up for me to eat into network calls yep. as they're called in VCD I have to go to my network team and say you know you know this uh, switch it supports uh, a couple of thousand VLANs uh, would you mind creating these all <laughs> up front of me on the off chance I might need them <laughs> and uh, how many network teams will go sure Mike we'll do that just for you and you know the storage team you know what I need about uh, 10 or 12, a uh, couple of terabyte LUNs, which I may or not not, may or not not use, because it's all about consuming that resource on demand. It's the easy to do with CPU and memory, which are very easy resources to allocate, but the network resources, I think, are much harder to allocate, you, you know. Here's the last thing I would say about this, which I might, I should perhaps not talk too much in these videos, because people watch Home all will hear me say the same thing, which is... You know, we talked about left-hand networks. They started off as a software company. Mm-hmm. They took HP servers, took the bezels off, put left-hand bezels on them, their software, and, and then said, we're a storage vendor. No, you're not, you're a software vendor. The intelligence in a lot of these systems now isn't in the tin, it's in the software. Yes. And if the native performance of the virtual appliance is as good as the native performance of a dedicated physical device, then why do we want a physical device anymore? Yeah. Oh, I'm with you on that. You know, um, ripping out controllers from arrays. I mean, I've had to do that for the NetApp kit I've got. I needed... Uh, I had the NetApp 2020s, but I needed a particular version of ONTAP that only ship on a certain spec of array. The easiest thing to do was to actually yank out the controllers, put in the new controllers. <laughs> they they look like 2040s, but they're actually 2020s because the controllers has been... I mean, you wouldn't get this as a customer. You know, it's kind of like... Mike doesn't want to unrack all this kit, so we'll just, and it's all like kind of demo lab stuff, so nobody gives a damn. You know, if customer would like get a proper service. But it's like a very physical process of firmware over there. Whereas if the uh, storage array is literally just the spindles and an aggregate, yeah, so you know, the, at least mm-hmm. the rate levels are being handled. With. How I then present that storage needn't really reside in that physical layer. But anyway, I think we're done. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for being on the mini-wag. But the we the wee-wag. The wee-wag. <laughs> the wee-wag. Yeah, it's the Scottish <laughs> version. Um, didn't we talk about maybe you coming across to the UK to speak at uh BMC at all? Is that something I mentioned to you?
1: No. Must be the, the other, ball, the other no, bald no guy. No,
0: no, no. I think this is something we'll have to take offline. So before Uh-oh. I reveal anything more. <laughs> Uh-oh. So thank you for watching and tune in for the next mini-wag. <laughs>